Hello, everyone. I'm Chad Hawley, founder of the Nexus Mountain Network. Today's special guest is senior pastor of The Gate Church in Charlotte, North Carolina, John Matthews. Him and his wife, Tiffany, are the senior pastors there. And revival is happening. Like, yes, for real. And so we wanted to capture their record and what is going on in their life. And they want to pray for you that you too can be revived in your heart and in your communities. If you want to know more about the Nexus Mountain Network, you can download the Nexus Mountain Network app on the Apple or Google stores where Christians are connecting together, we're learning together, and we're achieving together for God's purposes in society. Enjoy the show. Woo! <laughs> I'm excited. I say that sometimes, but this is the real deal. And I'm just, oh, I'm so in love with God and what he's doing in Charlotte, North Carolina. Today's special guest is senior pastor John Matthews and his wife Tiffany are senior <laughs> pastors of The Gate Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. I feel like when people say your church, you know how like when they announce a football player, they'll say the Ohio State or the some. I think people say the Gate Church in Charlotte, <laughs> North Carolina. John, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks. Such an honor to be on with you. I've, uh, I love what you're doing. And we're just going to shout it from the rooftops what Jesus is doing in Charlotte because it's amazing right now. I mean, he is just blowing our minds right now. Mm. He is. And I, usually, John, we talked about this. I, normally, I would say, tell us about yourself and your childhood. I feel like this is just hot news. Uh, <laughs> what's going on? So let's get right to it. Yeah. So in your words, what is going on? <laughs> that's the question everybody keeps asking us what's happening is it uh what is it we know that uh the holy spirit the way i like to say it is uh on november 6th um the holy spirit just came and just habitated and i believe that there's a every believer there's a habitation of the presence of the lord on believers but i also believe there's something sovereign that happens at times where he just decides to land on a location um and we see it in the word of God. He lands even on physical items. We see it when, you know, the apostle Paul had a handkerchief and the presence rested on it. And he sent it out or even the, the dead bones of the prophet Elijah still had enough power and presence in those bones to raise a dead body. And um, we're just experiencing a tremendous uh, habitation of the Holy Spirit that sometimes feels like a uh, lot of fire and uh lot of a uh, lot of joy a lot of laughter it's fun you'll have one person getting hit with laughter and next to him another person is getting hit with just the fire of god and um we're watching people just get their lives uh completely changed in moments of people that have been things that have been years they have been leaning into the lord it's just like momentarily people are getting touched by the presence and so um call it a revival call it an awakening call it what you want we call it just jesus has landed and uh, he's really just, uh, he's hes doing what he does. He's changing lives, man. Boy, that'd be a book. Jesus has landed. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. And all right. So you mentioned, I wrote it down. You mentioned November the 6th. Yeah. What happened on November 6th? So, yeah. So uh, November 6th, we had a pre-service prayer meeting. And um, the Lord had actually given us a little bit of uh, prior instructions to that, which we can maybe hit later. But if not, we just uh, we felt like the Lord was inviting us into something. And um, he'd given us a few things that we we're supposed to do. And um, and so we did it. One of them was interviewing my parents who pastored for years before me. He told me, he said, I want you to interview your folks. And um, when you do, he said, I'm going to release what they stewarded but it'll be fresh and so my parents had seasons of revival throughout their ministry 
And uh, so we felt there was an invitation. And so we had that interview and the, the atmosphere, this was actually the end of October. The atmosphere was thick. I mean, it, it was almost like you don't want to smell gasoline around an open fire. You know, it was like we smell almost in the spirit realm, the smell of gasoline, like it was explosive. And um, at the end of this service, doing this interview with them, people ran down to get prayed for. And it wasn't even a passionate kind of service. You know, it was an interview sitting on couches, relaxed, but mm-hmm. you could feel the power of God. And um, and so I thought something's up. And uh, so that was uh, end of October. Then November 6th came. And every Sunday we have a pre-service prayer meeting where we go and we have this, you know, fellowship hall at our church where we go and pray. And uh, it, you know, people were back there just really just, I call it the room where you preheat for the service. You just get going, you know, it's like just getting in the presence and getting going. And um, we were about halfway into that, that prayer gathering. And uh, my buddy, AJ, he says it the best. He says, it felt like in the spirit, you felt like a thunderclap hit the room. You know, like when you see lightning hit really close and that thunderclap hits at the same time. And we felt just this almost thunderclap hit the room. And when it did, there was such a weighty presence. Wow. I feel that such a weighty presence of God that landed in the room that uh, half of the people back there just ended up on the floor. Like, I mean, I've seen people fall out in the spirit many times, but this was different. Like they couldn't get off the floor. My wife being one of them. I mean, she was down for the count. And uh, so she's the worship leader that Sunday, Um, 10 o'clock rolls around and people cannot get off the floor. And uh, so our service starts at 10. So I walk out there. I thought, well, I'll take who can get up. And so about half the room came with me. And uh, we walked out and I remember it was a full service that day and the room was just, you know, really full of joy. People were excited to be there. And I grabbed the microphone. And I said, hey, um, here's the deal. We can't start church yet. We have a problem. And everyone just stopped. The room went silent, looked at me. I said, God came down in the pre-service prayer room and half our ministry team can't get off the floor. And they are, you know, just out in the glory. And so I said, here's what we're going to do about half. Some of the people that could get out here, they're out here. I said, if you want this, I just want you to come up front right now. And I mean, you're talking cold. You know, there was no worship. There was no anything, just yeah. cold turkey. We, I was like, hey, if you're hungry for God, come up here. And everyone that was in the back room will come pray for you. And uh, there was an absolute um there was something different about what was going on. We have experienced, you know, throughout our years of ministry, I would call it waves of his presence and waves of the goodness of God would show up in a service or in a specific service, the power of God would show up in a service. But this was different. This was almost a tangible, you could feel as if there was a river in the building that Mm -hmm. you just feel he was there. And uh, that was the beginning of uh, a lot of things changing for us, for our church and uh, where our lives were going from there on. But uh, it really just uh, God came down. That's the only way I know how to say it is he came down and made it really clear he was in the room and he was going to do something. And every week since then, um, matter of fact, you can usually feel it coming down the road. Um, And I I know friends of mine that say um, I've driven down Alexander Road and they'll say about halfway down the road, I just feel I feel the presence of the Lord. And, uh, and so it's just so beautiful because um, I think so often we come together and it's like, Lord, come, come. And I almost feel like he's here waiting on us saying, come, come. Mm. He's just waiting for us to get here because he's ready to play and just have fun. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it's just uh wild, man. That's, that's cool. So I, I, just so for those that are watching, I can personally, <laughs> I have not done things in I'm 47. I have not done things in 47 years that I have done in the last three weeks. <laughs> a couple of them, a couple of them were there. 
And, um, and it, so it's, it's, it's very real. My question is like, there's so many people that are so hungry right now. There's pastors hungry. There's just people hungry. There's people who need God. And so did, did you foresee this happening? Was this, did you have either prophetic words, prophetic insight? Did you, is this what you were just pursuing with all of your heart? Tell us about the lead up uh, uh, before all this happened. Yeah. So, um, I had, uh, for many years, we had a lot of prophetic words. Uh, matter of fact, in 2012, we went to a conference in Pennsylvania where Randy Clark was one of the, uh, the main speaker. It was his school, actually. And um, he had given us a word that we would be bringing uh, revival to Charlotte in 2012. Um, and so at the same time, though, he also, a part of that word was that uh, you're going to have to turn a ship around. And he said that uh, it's not easy and God's going to take you through a process where you're going to be hidden. And he, I remember him telling me, he said, don't confuse your numbers for weakness. He mm -hmm. said, just like Gideon's army, he said, Gideon's army was reduced to strength. And mm -hmm. so he said, you're going to find yourself losing people. But he yeah. said, don't confuse numbers for weakness because God is actually strengthening your core for what I want to bring. Wow. And so that was in 12. Um, I wasn't the pastor yet. My dad was actually the lead pastor at that point. I came in at 2016 and um, I felt like the Lord told us to call it the gate. Because um, we just felt like, you know, the gate is, you know, the first mention of the house of God in the Bible was Jacob's ladder. And uh, he said this place, uh, he, he had this encounter and he said, this place is none other than the house of God, Bethel, the gate of heaven. And so um, that was something stern in our spirit. So we changed the name. We had, man, we had so many prophetic words over the years that like, you know, God's going to use you. God's going to use you. And uh, after a while, you know, you kind of get weary. Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot of them that we still believe them, but I wouldn't say we were really fighting for them at that point. Yeah. Um, and so we were hungry. Something was stirring in our heart. I can't explain it. Something was shifting. Um, and there was all of a sudden this great desire for an outpouring of the presence. I began to watch just hours of videos on YouTube of um, old revivals, anything from my goodness, videos on the Welsh revival to the um, Azusa Street revival to Toronto or Brownsville, all these different revivals. The Lord just had me marinating in revival. And uh, we were driving home from a pastor's retreat, me and Tiffany, and the Lord gave us two sets of instructions, said one, interview your parents, which uh, we did. And the second one was, he said, I want you to get an impartation. I want you to have John and Carol Arnott lay hands on you. I had no idea how that was going to happen. I do. I did not at that point know the Arnots. Um, wow. I didn't know anything about them. Wow. All I knew is they lived in Toronto, and I thought that's that's a long ways to drive or to go <laughs> to for a prayer. And uh, but you know when you're hungry, you'll do whatever you need to do. And uh, we were so at this point so hungry, and um, and so we, you know, a series of events. A friend of mine puts a post up and says, "Hey, uh, one night only." Um, John and Carol are not are going to be in Virginia Beach on November 8th. And so November 6th, it actually already happened, which is one of the cool parts that this didn't start with a guest speaker. It didn't start with a conference. It started just with the Holy Spirit, you know. Yeah. And um, but we went. So uh, November 8th, which was a Tuesday, I came to my staff meeting. I felt like I needed to cram it all in one day. So I actually came to staff meeting, came to staff prayer um, because I felt like I needed to be there to process it with my team. What happened on Sunday? Because it was a big deal on the 6th. And it happened again. We got in the staff prayer. I mean, we're talking like full grown men. So just hit by the spirit and laughter. They're rolling under a conference table and two of them together rolling under a conference table. Some people are crying. Some people are laughing. And I'm looking around going, something has happened here. 
And uh, so then we went to, uh, we hopped in the car, we drove six hours to get to Virginia Beach and uh, we got there um, checking into our hotel. I actually ran into John Arnott in the foyer of the hotel. And um, I felt like the Lord was just making a connection right up front. Wow. And, uh, and then they prayed for us. Um, it was a small event. There wasn't a lot of people there. It was only about a hundred people in the room and uh, we were on the very front row and uh, it was kind of a laid back night. You know, you have some fiery nights and you have some really laid back nights. And this was a pretty laid back night. It wasn't the night that I thought would change my life. Wow. And, um, but we got there, me, Tiffany, one of my staff members, AJ, and um, they got a hold of us right when he began to preach. John said, hey, where is that pastor couple? Because we met at the hotel. He said, where's that pastor couple from Charlotte? And he said, I want to pray for you. Wow. And man, they just blasted us. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it felt like I, I tell people it felt like my heart was going to stop. It was so intense, the power going through me. Um, and uh, after that, you know, he we just um, every, we went through two weeks. This is the part I don't talk about from the pulpit a lot. We went through two weeks of encounters where that one night turned into a two week long encounter that was so intense. I couldn't watch, I couldn't even watch TV. It wasn't that I felt it was wrong. I just couldn't right. focus on anything but Jesus. Wow. Um, and I just, man, I feel that right now. Um, I just, I would, I would get up so early and I would just pray and spend time with Jesus. I would, uh, my kids would wake up. I'd love all my kids to spend time with them. And then after that, I'd be ready to go get back with Jesus again. And I, um, you know, we got this little, we got this little farmhouse and, uh, we, I'd go in my bedroom and I, um, I, I would go just soak. I'd put on worship music and lay on the bed and I was having encounters with the Lord and two weeks, man, we couldn't do anything. I mean, it was just like, um, you know, Chad, Chad Dedman, who I think you're going to have on here soon. Um, he called it pickling in the presence. He said, you were just getting pickled in the presence, man. And so it really changed everything. I'm, I'm condensing so much because so much happened. Um, I also had an encounter on Monday night, November 7th, that I don't think I've shared too much publicly, where I actually had an encounter when I was uh, in laying in bed that night. And I was just laying there and I was with the Lord. And he, all of a sudden, I began to have these angels that were carrying these uh, blue flames. They were like blue fire. You know, when fire gets so hot, it turns blue. Yes. And one after another just kept coming and putting it in me and another one would come and it would put it in me. And I don't know how long it went. It felt like a while, but another angel came and it would put it in me and then it would leave. And, and I went through this for much of the night. And uh, that was the night before we went to Virginia beach. And, uh, and so it was like a, it was like a Sunday happened at the church Monday. I had this encounter with these angelic, you know, it says that his angels are like ministering spirits of fire. I think it says they came with their fire. And then November 8th happened with the Arnauts. And, um, and then two weeks of just being ruined, just being ruined, which I hope everybody that watches this video experiences that side of the Holy spirit that just makes everything else dull after you encounter him. Yes. <laughs> This is, man, this is hard to get through. I, I mean, it's amazing to get through, but, oh, all right. So I want, <laughs> oh, man, I just, I feel the presence of God here right now. All right, hold it together. Okay, Um, you said there was two things the Lord told you and Tiffany to do. One was to honor, I, I, I threw in the word honor, honor your parents and interview them. Yeah. The second was to go get prayed for by John and Carol. And we're going to get back to John and Carol in a minute. Right. 
how did you hear that? Like, what was it? Because you probably had to come, like, how did those two things come to you and Tiffany? Sure. So I'll say that the first one that had to do with my parents was just me. Um, I wouldn't say that she heard that. Okay. Um, I felt uh, in these particular, in these particular instances, I would say it was like a really strong impression from the Holy Spirit that, um, you know, just came to me and was like, you need to, you need to interview, honor your parents. And I felt the Lord saying in my spirit said, if you'll interview them with the, um, to be more exact, if you'll talk to them about the move of God that they've hosted, I'll do it again. Mm. And that was what I heard. Um, the second part, uh, with John and Carol, we were actually, I think, riding home from the beach and, uh, and we were listening to some interview about the Toronto blessing Mm. and, uh, we're listening to it. And we got, you know, closer to Charlotte. And I told Tiffany, I said, I really feel like the Lord is telling me that we need to have them pray for us. And she looks at me and she's just like, that's wild. She's like, I felt so strongly as we've been listening to this, that we're supposed to have them pray for us. Okay. And so um, we just both had one of these moments that I don't know that that actually in all of our marriage has probably not happened before. Um, We've had similar, you know, oh, I felt that. Yeah, I felt that. Um, But this was very strong direction. Like, no matter where we need to go. And and I, I would also say a piece that played into that was just historically revivalist people that encounter outpourings, they have went and put themselves around other people that carried it. And, uh, you know, John Arnott placed himself around um, Catherine Kuhlman, John Wimber, um, you know, a lot of those folks. And then, you know, you go to you know, other more recent, and a lot of them were around the Toronto outpouring. And so one of the things that I began to see just historically was that people that stewarded a move of God hung out with really anointed people and it just seemed to rub off on them. Yeah, that's cool. All right, let's fast forward. So then this guy named Chad comes to town, not me. <laughs> I live here. A guy from the West coast, Chad Dedman. Yeah. Uh, he comes to town. Tell us what happened uh, tell us a little about either what he what happened when he came to town, how he came to town, whatever you want to share about the Chad Deadman experience in December. Sure. Okay. Uh, well, let me let me toss this in real quick. He came in. Uh, he. Oh no, that was December, and so he had come a couple other times. Chad Deadman and I had become friends, and we felt like the Lord was showing us that there was a bridge that God was um, building in the Spirit that was going from California to the Carolinas. And um, so we really felt the Lord was connecting our hearts, our spirits to see this bridge built. And um, I'd had a number of dreams. He'd had a number of encounters of just, we felt like God was um, pulling something together. And so we began to hang out and I began to have him in. And every time he came, there was just such a powerful um, chemistry in the spirit. And so he came in December and we had just a tremendous outbreak. Um, just a tremendous outbreak of, you know, we had signs, wonders, and miracles. We did a healing service that night. Um, and it's funny because I was actually sick as like so sick that weekend. I had pneumonia and I went back and I watched the video. I was like, man, I was sick. And, uh, but I didn't want to miss it. And I, you know, so I was pushing through the best I could. And um, he came in and it really just threw gasoline on the fire. Mm-hmm. Um, we just, we saw miracle after miracle, after miracle, after miracle. Um, if you back it up a couple months, it's worth noting that in October, Chad came, uh, uh, before that visit. 
Right. That was a unique one because we actually felt like there was a tremendous breakthrough in the atmosphere. We had more resistance on that visit. He even told me because he does uh, these prayer assignments all over the all over the world, actually, where he just goes and prays. Yeah. And uh, he's an intercessor. What he is, he's a fun intercessor. And um, he told me when he came to North Carolina this time, he said, I've never had the resistance that I felt in my spirit when I came to you guys in October. Um, I know personally with our church, it was just something was pushing back. It was like we couldn't figure out why it was such tremendous resistance. And, um, and so we broke through, we really pushed in and, and the Lord showed himself faithful. Um, but that happened the month before. And so it's kind of been building blocks because we felt like the breakthrough happened in October. And then in November, uh, things broke out. And then December when he came back, I mean, it was just glory, man. It was just like playing in the glory and there's no one more fun to play with than Jesus. But the second most person, fun person would be Chad Dedman. He is one of the most fun guys to play with and just enjoy the presence of God. And so we did that night, my goodness, we had a testimony service that Sunday night. I think you were there. You might've been there. Um, and, uh, we just did, holy cow. We did over an hour of testimonies and I don't even think we prayed for people yet. Mm -hmm. And um, just testimony after testimony after testimony. Um, that Saturday morning, we had our first pastor's conference, or not pastor's conference, but a pastor's gathering. And um, that's where you got rocked. I mean, you just got lit on fire. And uh, this was a big deal because we, we threw it together really last minute. And uh, we thought this thing seems really easily transferable from what we've seen. Um, like it just is contagious. Yeah. And so we pulled together some pastors and so many showed up. I was so gracious for how many ministers showed up. So last minute, that's not easy to do mm -hmm. um, unless they're hungry. And they came and uh, about, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes into talking, maybe not even that, maybe five to 10 minutes into the talking, the Holy Spirit just invaded the room. And when I say invaded, it was like talking was over. And people just began to get hit individually. There wasn't a person in the room that didn't get it. And the fire of God, the cleansing of God, the joy of the Holy Spirit, um, it just it just invaded the room. And uh, so then we begin to get reports back. Um, starts happening with everybody else. Um, you know, it's people's churches start experiencing similar things. And so um, that was a tremendous weekend, just a tremendous weekend for us. Okay, so um, let's get into some stories, and I want I want you to share. Um, you know, a lot of people want to hear the stories and share some of your favorite moments and or testimonies or just <laughs> moments or just something that you think that people would love to hear. Oh man, there are so many. I mean, we're we we're trying to keep up with them all. Um, we have had so many people that have been touched. I think one of my favorite things has been the. The transference of things that have gotten onto pastors and then they take it places and then they release it. Um, you know, we've had people healed. We have had um, all kinds of healings. I'm trying to think of them in my head right now. One I got of them one. I'll help you. Yeah. Let's, talk about the, let's talk about the one that happened today. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 you got a message today. Tell us the background and we'll play the message here on the, on the show. Yeah. So um, when we, when things started, you know, kicking up. We came back from Virginia beach and we started having, um, prayer meetings on Tuesday nights. And so every Tuesday night we pray, um, every Thursday night we soak every Friday night we have services and then so on. Um, so people started coming to these Tuesday night prayer services from everywhere. I was shocked. I remember the first time we did, I was like, man, who are all these people? And, um, so a lot of people started coming in to get ministered to, um, 
And we had a guy come in on, it was actually, I think December 27th, which sticks out to me because we almost canceled that prayer meeting. It was two days after Christmas. And we thought, man, everybody's going to be tired from Christmas. And, uh, but we're like, you know what, we're just going to keep having them. And so an uh, older gentleman comes in and he looked like, you know, visually you can tell somebody that's just physically been through it. You know, there's been sickness. It has shown physically on them. And he came in, he sat down and I was just drawn to him. And, um, I don't know who all prayed over him. I know I did. I know AJ did. Um, but his family member, the Ukrainian came over to me and said, Hey, I have a family member here. And, uh, he has stage. I think she said he has cancer. Um, Tuesday night prayer meetings are so loud between people and music. It's kind of hard sometimes to hear what's going on. And, uh, so I just thought I'm just going to pray for him. I'm just going to pray that the fire of God would just, you know, fill him and whatever it is, he'll get what he needs. And so I went over and I laid hands on him and, uh, I could just feel, I mean, sometimes when you pray for people, you can literally feel the heat going through their body. And this guy, I felt it. I watched it. I watched him begin to um, get hot. I watched him sit, you know, he had stood up for a minute and then he sat down, kind of slumped down and, and the presence of God hit him. And uh, so we prayed for him, we sent him home. And that was the last we heard of it for, you know, I guess a month and a half now. And uh, so then this morning, um, well, actually last night. So last night I had a dream. I didn't tell you this. I had a dream about two things. One, the Lord said, I'm healing someone with prostate cancer. And the second one was he's going to heal somebody. And maybe somebody on this broadcast, he said, somebody with um, the date to uh, December 13th, 2000, I'm going to heal them. And so I don't know if it's a birthday, a marriage or child, whatever. But um, I woke up and uh, I kind of just jotted them down. Prostate cancer is being healed and someone with December 13th, 2000. And then I jumped onto uh, this app we have for our leadership team. And somebody put a testimony on there and said, hey, I want to testify about my family member who came to prayer on a Tuesday night. And uh, she said he came with stage four prostate cancer. It had spread to his bones, his lungs and his lymph nodes. And he was pretty much, you know, at the point where just anything we can do, I'll do it got prayed for. And she said, he went to the doctor, he went there and there is no cancer anymore. He's completely healed. And, and I sent it to you. We have the audio of the doctor actually telling the family it's gone. And uh, it's amazing. All right. So check this out, everyone. This is amazing. So his repeat scans show that everything that we had seen before is either completely disappeared or is just incredibly small bits of just residual scar tissue. I see no signs of active cancer in his body on the scan. It doesn't mean that it will never come back. I don't know, but it may it's be a very, back. very long time before it ever comes back, if at all. Okay. Um, so he's done very, very well. And at this point, we're just going to try and take him off his steroids and just check him every so often with labs and scans. Come on, come on, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, you, know my favorite, you. you know, my favorite part about that testimony, I mean, obviously the healing, but I was thinking about it today. You know, I think about Jesus after the cross. One of the proof of the cross was that he had scars in his hands and in his sides. Mm. And, and one of the beauty of this is the cancer didn't just disappear and have no trace where the doctors could say, well, maybe we misdiagnosed you. The scars are still there from what the cancer did to his body, but there's no cancer. And so he literally has the scars to prove that it was there, but it's no longer there. <laughs> All right. So this is, we're going to pray right now um, because, you know, listen, people, I, I've had this report myself. I've had where I had cancer and it was getting bad and it was getting worse. And I had a report just like that. 
And I was stunned, I'll be honest, and it saved my life. So John, let's pray right now. I, I do believe that the Lord wants to eradicate yeah. I don't remember the word he said, but eradicate this cancer. So uh, would you would you pray and just pray with this? And I may join in or I may not. We'll see how yeah. it goes, but just go for it, please. Yeah, yeah. Well, Holy Spirit, we come before you right now. And we thank you that the, the word says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And, and that means that if he did it for this gentleman, he will do it for anyone who hears this testimony. And so, Father, first of all, we thank you that you are healing cancer. We thank you that there is no name that is greater than the name of Jesus, whether it be a virus, whether it be a disease, nothing is greater than the name of Jesus. Cancer is not greater than the name of Jesus. And so, Lord, we just we thank you for the healing. We thank you for those that have been healed and will be healed when they listen to this and watch this interview. And in the name of Jesus, I just release the fire of God. Whoa, the same thing that I did over this gentleman when he came to prayer. I release the fire of God over those that are watching this that need a healing in their body. I feel just heat in my hands right now. And uh, I just, I literally feel the fire just beginning to burn. And Lord, I ask for those that may have any stage of cancer, Father, it doesn't matter what it is. It all bows its name to Jesus. And so I ask that the Holy Spirit right now would immerse these people in the fire of God, that the best radiation that they could ever experience is the radiation of the Holy Spirit coming on their body and burning out all of this disease, I command it to go back to the pits of hell where it originated from and to leave the people that are watching this in Jesus name. We command that um, tumors, we command that uh, these different things would literally fall off of them right now when they watch this pain, bone cancer that is resulting in tremendous pain. We command it to leave your body and that pain would stop now. We speak to prostate cancer. We speak to um, lymph node. We speak to bone. We speak to lung cancer, breast cancer. Someone called me today and said they're believing for a healing from breast cancer. We commend every form, throat cancer, every form of cancer to bow its knee and to be removed from people right now in the name of the powerful name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I agree. Whoa. All right. So I, I want to make my two cents here and I want to get back because we got to. Okay. This is great. This is great. This is I what know. happens when you interview about revival. It just nothing goes as planned. I know. I'm so happy. <laughs> All right. That's my point. Actually, that was the point I was going to make. Okay. So I got, so I came there. I got touched like I multiple times, but two particular times, and they're two different experiences. And I want to explain to help someone who has a hardened heart over this, because if you have a hardened heart, you might miss it. And I beg of you, don't miss it. Yeah. And the first experience was when I was in that back room. My the touch I had was I was weeping and crying so hard it was like repentance. And the second time I got touched was when, we'll talk about this in a minute, when John and Carol came and I got hit with fire and it was a different experience. I wasn't crying. My I hurt. I like something's wrong with me. I was so lit. I was hot to the touch. And I was so on fire that I had to look up in the Bible every time the word fire showed up in the Bible. I said, what is this? And it showed up 509 times. <laughs> and I went through, I was like, oh, it's going really fast. Oh, 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 what is that? I'm eating it up, eating it up. 
And the one example that if I narrow down to one verse that encompassed both of my experiences, it was when John the Baptist says, I baptize with water unto repentance, mm-hmm. but he who comes after me baptizes, speaking of Jesus, by the Holy Spirit and fire. And it was like, it was almost like I went through both baptisms and both of my touches. <laughs> and it was, and so here's the thing that I explained, because some people are like, what, 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 what's this fire thing? If the byproduct of the fire produces the spirits of the the spirits of God, the fruits and fruits of the spirits, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Think about addiction. If you get delivered from addiction because of the fire, then the feeling of it is self-control. And so if you're coming closer to God and want more of God and on fire for God, and this is the byproduct of the fire or revival or Jesus has come, then I want it. Yeah. And you should want it too. And that's what we're talking about. And so that was my two cents. <laughs> so I I want to talk about, okay, so John, so here's full circle, you guys. I, I love this, that they were obedient. They went, they didn't know John and Carol. They went all the way. They got prayer, extra prayer, caught on fire. And who would have thought that John and Carol were coming to Charlotte? <laughs> so tell us how that happened. Yeah, so the night, the night that we got prayed for, um, we got, we got touched so many times. And one of the times at the very end of the night, I mean, we had already gotten up and we had already, you know, thought we were leaving. We went and John said, Hey, come over here. And we talked to, talked to John and Carol for a moment. And then we were, um, they, you know, Carol prayed for us again across the room. And I mean, if you don't, if you've never been prayed for by Carol or not, you've not lived yet. <laughs> um, because if that that lady feels like a, a wrestler picks you up and drops you when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of you and it can just be her going touching Jesus and and it's so beautiful because you can't fake it she's not pushing on you she'll just say touch him Jesus and um so we're laying on the floor and I was kind of hearing what was going on around me and I heard John walk by me and I heard him say this phrase he said Carol they're from Charlotte kind of like an intrigued like and I thought that's interesting. I wonder why that sticks out to him. Mm-hmm. So um, a couple of days later, a friend of mine, actually, uh, her name is Trisha Frost. And she was one of the people who had, um, I had reached out to because she she had a relationship with them. And um, she she texted me and said, hey, um, John or not, FaceTime me today. And he wanted to know about John and Tiffany Matthews. And so he already knows Trisha. So he reached out to Trisha, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, from what I understand, I'm trying to give you accurate third hand, you know, second hand conversation here. Um, John had called her up and was just having a conversation with her. And over the course of that conversation, he had told Trisha, said, hey, we have been feeling like uh, the next wave of God's outpouring was going to come through Charlotte, North Carolina. And he said, when that couple showed up in Virginia Beach, hungry for the Lord, said, hey, we're from Charlotte, North Carolina. He said, I, you know, my spirit felt it. And so um, we just began to, uh, you know, he'd given me he'd given me his number in Virginia, his cell phone number. And I was a little like, I don't know if I should text him, you know, is that kind of that weird? I want to honor him. But he gave me his number at the same time. And so um, things started really just like popping off like the lid started popping off. I thought, I think he wants to hear about this. And so I called him, I told him what was going on. Um, I started working with his PA trying to get him out here. And originally it was like, they're going to be way later in the year. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like they need to come now. I'm not a pushy guy, honestly at all, but I've gotten kind of pushy a few times with this. Cause I'm like, there's an urgency on like, if you'll just come, it'll change your life. And um, so anyways, we got him scheduled for March. 
and we started having conversations and uh, I texted John. It was after the second service in the new year. And uh, we, I mean, it was a wild service. Like the whole church filled up. We had no seats left, no parking spots left. And it was no special guest. It was just people were hungry. And I thought, man, something's going on. And so I sent John a text after church. Hey, you know, or no, I'm sorry. He sent me a text. He said, Hey, how was service today? And I told him it was really great, you know, yada, yada, yada. And then later on, he responds and says, hey, can we talk on the phone? Now, at this point, we never talked before other than Virginia Beach. Um, and I said, sure, give me a call. And uh, he said, hey, he said, we've been uh, we've been watching what's going on there. He said, we watched your December services with the healing services and all that's happening. And uh, he said, we feel like we need to get down there sooner. He's like, we know we're coming in March. And he said, but how's next week sound? <laughs> and I thought, whoa, that's really soon. And uh, the thing I so appreciate about from the little bit of you know relationship we've built with him at this point is they're two of the most humble, gentle, meek people that I've ever met in my life. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to come and just, you know, they don't want to come and be the hot shot, you know, yeah. they want to come. And really just be a part. And I remember, you know, I told him, I said, hey, let's let's set it up. Let's make it work. And um, I, I'll never forget telling him, I said, you know, when you preach on Friday night, I'd love it if we could at some point bring the pastors up and pray over them. Or I said, I love it if you want to do that. And he and he just told me on the phone, he said, that's fine. He said, but just realize we want you guys to lay hands on us. And the the man the the emotions right there of just number one ad- admiration for people that have stewarded so well you know he's 82 and um you know he's seen a lot yeah. and he's he's looking at it and saying i want it again i still want to be in the middle of it and so they came down and um it's been you know we talk they're so gracious they call probably we probably talk every two to three days at this point on the phone just because there's such a well of wisdom on outpouring and he he's been so gracious for me to call him on and off of just hey how would you <laughs> i bet you already dealt with this and um but uh yeah we just the lord connected us and uh, that's why it's so important when the lord tells you to do something even if it seems crazy like get in your truck drive six hours for a out two hour meeting and you don't even have a guarantee you're going to get to see him get prayed for him get any of that you're just like putting it all on the altar and saying lord i just want you to just set me on fire yeah and uh he you know we listened and gratefully we you know we heard and uh, we heard right and so um now he's he's telling uh, he's been so kind he's telling all of his friends i got people calling me saying hey john called us about you guys and i'm thinking wow how kind you know how kind of him yeah, so for for those you're watching, uh, but you don't when when John and Carol came back again, there was such a hunger that people were lining up outside the church hours, and John didn't mention that, but hours I saw them. One thirty, one thirty in the afternoon for a seven p.m. service. Yeah, and that's that that that's the hunger. Okay, so you hit you touched on something. All right, bring us behind the scenes a little bit. Okay, sure. You're, you and Tiffany are, you know, you're, you have this wonderful marriage. You are senior leaders. You have a team, awesome team supporting you. And this thing happens, whatever you want to call it. And now we're behind the curtain and you're like, yeah. oh, <laughs> uh, what do we do if this happens? Or, oh, or did you hear about that? Or, Just bring us behind the scenes a little bit. Let us in and tell us a little bit about leadership and, and yeah. stewardship and decision making. Oh, boy. Yeah. So that's, that's been a lot. Um, you know, it's, there's a piece of it that's so exciting that, you know, and, and seeing what's happening, there's a real weight behind scenes, um, that it, I mean, 
if it, you know, thankfully because of all that we're seeing, it gives you just the the strength and the the courage to keep moving forward. But um, there's a lot of decisions um, that we never had to make before. Um, we never we never dreamed that um, our church would be filling up as quick as it did. Um, you know, we all of a sudden seats were filling up. We took every seat that we owned and we put it in the sanctuary. And uh, our teams were, you know, they were all really going hard um, from a personal from a personal standpoint. Um, we have put everything on, you know, we've put everything on the altar. I, I say that a lot, but, um, you know, we, we, as a, even as a family, um, there's some things and some dreams that the Lord had given us before this happened. And, uh, you know, I call it just kind of, uh, in many ways, it's like the old school GPS when they would say recalculating and take you to, you know, for me, I don't feel like we're going a different direct, like a different destination, it's just things are recalculated. And, um, for us, we've had to be very intentional, keep our kids very involved. And that's been one of the beauties of it is um, we have kept kids very involved. They've seen a lot. They've prayed for a lot of people. They're experiencing the same thing. Um, it's uh, it's weighty, you know, um, in some ways it still feels like a dream. Uh, mm-hmm. I say that often, like we've, I've prayed for this in all reality since I was about 14 years old. When I first encountered just this spirit of revival, when I was a kid, I went to a revival in Pensacola, Florida. And, uh, I saw in this, in this moment, I saw this fire on a wall, like in the spirit. And so I've been praying for it ever since then, that I would really get to, um, be a part of something locally like that. And, um, you know, it comes and there's a piece of you that for a while was a little bit like, is it going to go away? I mean, if I'm just being honest, there's like this almost a uh, a concern, like, am I going to come back next week? And it's not going to be people getting hit by the power of God. And um, and so there's that piece of thing where it's like, I, I you know, it was like I really was worried about it in the beginning. And uh, that was one of the things that uh, I had a phone call with John today. He's like, you're past that point. <laughs> He's like, you're going to the moon and back now. He's like, oh, you know, that's great. too much, too much fire. And um, and so our team has had to put on multiple hats. You know, um, we went from a church that had primarily one morning gathering a week to Tuesday nights, Thursday nights, Friday nights. Sometimes when we have special guests, we'll go. We've gone Tuesday nights. I mean, we've gone every night of the week because we have family events on Wednesday nights for our church. So um, except Mondays, there've been weeks where we've done Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday morning and Sunday night. And um, I'm so grateful for my team because they've stepped in. And that was one of the big parts was them having to say yes. But um, from a practical standpoint behind the curtain, what's it look like? Looks like uh, laundry doesn't get done as quickly as it used to. Um you know, uh, <laughs> you run out of clothes. I remember uh, I had a guy delivering something at my farm a few couple months ago, and I went out in like shorts. It was cold out, and he's like, "Man, he's like, you must be tough." I'm like, "No, this is all I have any pants clean." <laughs> it's like all I have is a pair of like running shorts. And um, you know, we've had to balance. Um, all of a sudden, our time has greatly changed. Um, you know, we're you know, as a family, we're we're trying to stay really connected through it. Um, it has, my kids have had to make a lot of decisions, you know, that we've tried to do this together. Um, so we've laid some things on the altar that were really big deal to all of us. And and many times the Lord still wanted to fulfill our dreams, but there's just the process of laying it on the altar. And, um, and so, yeah, it's, it's been, you know, starting to practically getting 
invites to go speak. It, you know, it's, it's almost overnight. You know, I didn't try to be an itinerant minister. I, I actually don't like to travel. Um, as funny as that sounds, um, or maybe as bad as that sounds, I am a homeboy. I've always been a homeboy. Um, I love my home. I love my church. And, uh, you know, pastors start calling from all over the map and they're watching the live streams. They're encountering the spirit and they want it in their church. And uh, they're they're calling you in tears, asking you to come to their church. And uh, you're trying to steward your own outpouring. You're trying to steward your family. You're trying to steward your personal walk with the Lord. Um, your friendships still having some life, you know, community, because uh, I think that's important. And, um, you know, and then now you're, you're all of a sudden people are wanting you to come preach. And uh, it's, uh, you know, you talked about it earlier. You really need to be rooted in, you know, I, I, I pray my heart stays really rooted in humility because um, I've, I love what Randy Clark says. He says, every time I pray for somebody and nothing happens, I see the best that I have to offer. And every time I pray for someone and God touches them, I see what I can do with him. Wow. And um, for, for me, it's just been the juggle of life and um and then not not backing down i mean all of a sudden you're looking at my goodness you're looking at bigger buildings you're looking at how do we host bigger events when you know a few months ago you know it wasn't a problem and um and so yeah it it changed greatly it changed greatly all right i'm gonna say something and then i'm gonna ask you the last question and i'm gonna ask you like what the next question you can think about it is Okay, so what do we do about it? And um, so I think you know where I'm going with that. But so for those at home, I took some notes for you. And especially maybe pastors or just people who really want what you're hearing today. And I wrote down one, two, three, seven things that I heard. Now, there's no formula, but I did hear seven things that I heard. And I'm going to share those things. I heard honor. I heard obedience. Hunger. Purpose, proximity, humility, and sacrifice. These are the things that I heard John say that could be common denominators where you could examine these seven things in your life and say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna check out one of those things, or I'm gonna make right one or two of those things, and I am gonna catch fire. And at the end of this podcast, I'm gonna have John pray that you don't have to come to Charlotte. Mm -hmm. But if you do, it might be better. But if you can't make it to Charlotte, then we're going to pray that John's going to pray that you catch fire or exactly where you are. So, John, the last question is, OK, this is great. People are getting touched. People are getting changed. They're catching on fire. They're coming into church. But then what? Mm -hmm. Yeah, great question. Um, so one of the things that we feel strongly. And, and is the term awakening. Um, and so. There is, and you can actually do your own research in the differences between revivals and awakenings. Um, revivals primarily impact already believing, confessing believers. They stay inside the four walls, typically of the church, and um, they're powerful. Uh, they're they're great. And I would say that awakening, though, if you do, if you look it up more, it gets out of the building. Um, the Jesus People movement was a, a type of awakening where just the atmosphere was everybody you talked to wanted to give their life to Jesus. Um, and so for us, we had a prophetic word back in 2016, 17, excuse me, from a prophet that came through the house. And he said, I just see that you have the angel of awakening assigned to this church. And he said, when you begin to dream, the city will be better for it. 
And it hit me when I listened to that. In the kingdom of God, you have to be awake to dream. And, you know, I love how the kingdom is upside down, right? You know, from our, you know, when you go to bed, you had to go to sleep to dream. Well, in the kingdom of God, you have to actually be awake to dream. And so I think that every revival um, doesn't mean it's an awakening, but every awakening has an element of revival. But it has to transition into an awakening and then it has to transition into dreaming. Um, what's the importance of dreaming? Well, dreaming is the step before creativity. Um, and I think this may be a curveball for you didn't probably think where I'm going, but I actually think that um, awakening, the ultimate goal of awakening is getting people where they're dreaming, they're creative, and they're beginning to bring reformation in culture. And it transitions from just uh, the power what's happening in services right now. Um, I'm going to re reference Randy Clark again. He said something one time. He said, we found that the laughing, the crying, the fire, all of that, much of that was like anesthesia while people were getting their hearts worked on. It was almost like God came, touched them with laughter. And in the process, their hearts were getting fixed and awakened. Yeah. Um, I believe that the body of Christ needs to be, when I say reformation, I'm not talking about theology. Um, Jesus came as the original reformer. He came to make things that were wrong, right? He came to take the world that had fallen into the hold of sin and said, I want it to be like it used to be. I'm going to reform things the way it was when I walked in the garden. When he left, he said, tag, you're it. You're going to spend from now until I come back reforming this earth to the Lord's prayer on earth as it is in heaven. And so I think it has to transition. And that's what I love about what you do, Chad, is that you cross aisles, you cross platforms between uh, church, political, business, school, all these different realms. And you are creating a a platform for reformers. Um, but we need people to get on fire for Jesus yep. and are not afraid to dream. Yep. Um, and they're really dreaming with Jesus. And so um, I, that's kind of my heart behind it is like, I want people to come. I love people coming in and getting touched. We've seen people get set free from, Oh my goodness, the craziest things healed all of that. It's, it's beautiful. But there's a purpose of it all unto giving Jesus glory and making the earth look more like his home. And so um, that is the end goal is to, you know, he, the Bible says he's coming back for a glorious bride. And so we got a lot of work to do because um, we've kind of, I think over the years, the bride has gotten like a bucket of mud thrown on her dress and we're cleaning the bride off and saying, we're going to have a glorious bride for Jesus. And so um, we just got to keep focused on him. And you asked me earlier, and maybe I'm jumping the gun here. What was uh, a piece of advice that maybe I got from a leader? That And uh, there, there was one thing that I heard one time that just grabbed me. It said, when God moves, don't try to tag it on to what you're already doing, but make what you're already doing about God moving. And I think that I, I think that we so often, it's the same thing as that, you know, put a patch on an old wineskin. People want to patch an outpouring of his presence onto what they're doing. People want to patch it onto their work life. They want to patch it on mm -hmm. and it wears off. And again, Chad, you have inspired me in so many ways because you are infiltrating so many different spheres now, but you're not just tagging on the fire of God and the presence of God. It's the core within you. It's, it's kind of like the difference between I have a wineskin and I want God to pour into my wineskin versus God, how, what are you pouring? And I'm going to build a wineskin that around what you're already doing. Good. And so I'm just, I'm so grateful, so grateful that what he's doing in the house is not staying in the house. It's going out and it's touching people all over the place. 
That's good. So, John, um, before I have you close us out in prayer, is there anything else that we didn't get to that you want to get to? Oh, no. Uh, we're just so grateful. Um, we're just so grateful. And I already said it earlier. Um, it it feels surreal, you know, um, and, and it feels at times like, God, why'd you choose, you know, us? Why'd you choose this little church in Charlotte to pour out on? And uh, I think that should speak to a lot of people that watch this, because I think there's a lot of people that don't feel qualified mm-hmm. uh, and they don't feel like, God, why would you use me? Or, um, And I think that there's this one scripture in the word that I think it was Peter and maybe Peter and John, two of the apostles were in Acts. They said, who are these untrained, uneducated men who are turning our city upside down? Mm-hmm. And uh, I just love that God has a thing for people don't look qualified and they don't look like they should be the ones he'd pick, but he picks them. So if you're watching this um, and you, that feels like you, no matter what it is, no matter what your history is, I mean, and, and I also feel like God wants to break off pain. Um, I just feel that right now. I just felt that wave of that. Um, You know, you talked about John the Baptist earlier, you know, the end, John the Baptist was sitting in prison. He's the one that baptized Jesus. He's sitting in prison and he sends his disciples to Jesus and has them ask this, ask if he's the one to come. What does that mean? He baptized him. Like he watched the heavens open, the voice of God, all of that. And he was in so much pain. He's sitting in prison and he says, I don't even know if he's the one to come. Mm -hmm. And what does Jesus do? Jesus sends back testimony of what God is doing. He said, the lame are healed, the blind see, and he sends back word and basically says, don't be offended, John, keep your heart right. Cause we're doing it. We're doing it. And so, um, I just, yeah, I felt that on my heart for some people like God's lifting off pain because pain can really reduce what you see of God. Right. So, all right. You want to close this out in prayer? Let's do it. Let's, let's, let's light some fires. So, and and you're right. People do not have to be here. I mean, I'll tell you this much. It's better felt than tell. That's what I keep saying. Um, there is, there is, um, there are principles that I think are powerful, but you have to ultimately just put yourself on the altar and say, Jesus, you know, light me on fire for you. And so, uh, by the way, John, John's beard didn't used to be red. <laughs> All right. I, I had brown hair and, uh, over the, over three months, my cheeks. Just- my cheeks are red now. <laughs> Radiating. <laughs> oh, well, right now, I just thank you, Holy Spirit, that in the spirit realm, there is no distance. Right now, there is no distance between where I am sitting and where Chad is sitting in the spirit. There is no distance. And Father, for every person that is watching this interview, there is no distance between Charlotte and this location with the person that is watching it. So, Father, in the same way that I would lay hands on someone that was standing right in front of me, Father, I just extend my hands towards them. And I declare over them that they would encounter your Holy Spirit. And I just declare fire on them in the name of Jesus. But they would begin to feel, man, I feel that. They would begin to feel the presence of the Lord rest on them. And that, Father, that they would begin to, even right now, I pray that some of you are going to begin to feel your body heating up in the presence you're going to feel electricity. You might even feel like your body's vibrating in the spirit. Some of you right now, I feel like you're just beginning to, your back is, uh, people are being healed of back pain even right now. And uh, the Lord is touching you. And I ask, Father, that anything that you have blessed myself and my wife Tiffany and our church with, 
Lord, it is not meant for just us, Father. What you're doing, the kingdom of God knows no end. It is going from glory to glory. It's going from church to church, from city to city, from nation to nation. And we ask all over the world that a burning fire would spread, that a Father, that they would just begin to feel the fire of God on them as they watch this. Yes. And that, Lord, that everything they do as they leave tonight, as they whether it's they watch it at night and as they go to bed, that they would dream about you. Or maybe it's they're, they're heading on to do the rest of their day, that everything they do, they feel your presence. Holy Spirit, rest on them. Rest on them. We ask this in your name. You said in the book of Luke that you came to set the world on fire. And it said that you couldn't do it yet because you hadn't went to the cross. But, Lord, you have now. And your heart is still to set the world on fire for you. Yes. And so, Father, we ask that this would spread rapidly as people watch this. Yes. And that we would get word back of churches and ministries and families and schools that begin to have an outbreak of the presence and the fire of God. I ask this in your name, Jesus, because it's only your name that can do it. We ask in Jesus' name. And Lord, over Chad, I pray over him, Father, as he continues to steward what he is stewarding and crossing through these different realms, Father, I ask for more fire on him right now. Light him up. I feel the Lord saying over you, Chad, that you have not seen hardly anything yet, that you are just beginning. Those sparks that Carol talked about, you're experiencing sparks, but the actual flame is really just beginning. And so, Lord, over his family, I just say fire on them. Everywhere they go, fire on them and glory in their home. In Jesus' name, <laughs> amen, amen, whoa. Amen. And what's happening here in Charlotte, you guys, is not just the, the, the church, but if you want to catch on fire, you got to get close to the flame. And schools are breaking out, homes, yeah. restaurants, <laughs> and other places, youth groups, the fire is breaking out. We're seeing it everywhere. Gyms, people are going to the gym and working out. Yeah, and people are like right. getting hit by the fire of God. That's All gotta over. Be, that's got to be Ryan, the Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> that's Ryan. <laughs> Woo! Uh, John, thank you so much. You're amazing. Keep up the great work. Your awesome wife, Tiffany. And man, can she sing. And she's so lovable. And just she's awesome seeing the two of you work together. We bless you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for coming on the show. And may more happen with you guys. Oh, thank you. Love you guys.